Mother's Day. Mother's Day is a many things for different people, and, and yet everybody in this room had a mother. If you did not have a mother, raise your hand. <laughs> kids are looking around going, I want to see that person. Yeah. Everybody had a mom, okay? And most moms did the best they could, and many moms just knocked it out of the park. And uh, we want to honor you today. And as I uh, thought about a video that would fit moms, I found this. This spring. Only one hero can save her family and prevent disaster. Mom, we're going to be late for school. I don't think so. Whoa. Experience the phenomenon that critics are calling inspiring. Mom, again? A lot of fun and pure genius. Mom, where's my phone? Table. Keys. Mudroom. Dragon Man. Under the couch between the monkey and the flip-flop. How does she do that? Created by God to demonstrate his love with grace, elegance, and poise. Torch. So uh, I thought that fit a lot of you. I've, I've seen the smoking tires thing. I've, I really have, especially in the pickup line uh, when somebody's starting to move in your spot. No, never mind. So as I thought about uh, and asked the Lord about a scripture for today or a, or a focus, one of the things that he had me do is he said, now this is more than just for moms, it's for all of us. And he led me, I've actually pushed pause. We've been in a series on counterfeit culture. That, we'll come back to that in a couple of weeks. Uh, but I wanted to focus in on something that you all probably are totally familiar with. I'm sure you all know that, those sets of initials. See, see, what that is, is it stands for fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. In fact, Time Magazine said that of the millennials, 70% of them would say we struggle with this particular syndrome, fear of missing out. I know some of you, well, we know some people down the street, I'm sure, that deal with this, right? And you say, what's fear of missing out? See, fear of missing out is, uh, is something that uh, causes us to overbook our schedules. Anybody have a little overbooked schedule? Maybe, a, okay. Or how about this? We, we sometimes overspend money. In a financial way, sometimes we overextend our credit a little bit. Sometimes we overload our emotions. Sometimes we, we overuse our bodies or we overcrowd our days. This, this, this syndrome that we all really face is, uh, can cause and make us feel overstressed. I'm looking around. Most people are like, or over anxious or here's the key, overwhelmed. So 
How do, how, why do people do this? So I think many times people do this because they, they, they feel like they'd be an inferior if they didn't keep up, if they weren't informed. They, maybe they would be seeming to look like they would be inadequate or unloved. Or, or more importantly, many times we find families wanting their children not to miss out. And so we, we say they need to explore everything because we wouldn't want them to miss anything. And that can affect our schedule and cause us to be overwhelmed. Does anybody want to uh-huh that? So today the focus is this. I want, and I believe the Lord wants more than I, us to know how to go from overwhelmed to overflowing. How many in here would like to, to, to release the overwhelmed state a, a, a day here, a day there, all the time over to an overflowing presence of God in our lives? I think all of us would want that. There are two different uh, approaches to life that I want us to start off with. And by the way, there are talk notes in your bulletins and that's not normal. It used to be normal all the time. And I did that for some of the moms that said, man, I really miss the talk notes. So I did that for you, mom. So just, Hey, there you go. I wanted to make sure you, you had had those, but so two different approaches to life. First, there's the shortage mindset in that first little line to the next of it in your bulletins. It'll say, and you're talking to it says, hey, you know, I never have enough. It just feels like I never get enough accomplished. I never get a far enough ahead. And men, this is to us too, correct? And then there's the other one, and that's the surplus mindset. And that's saying, God has more than I'll ever need. Those are the two ways to flow. So let's, let's take a look at the, the first one, the shortage mindset. The shortage mindset says, I don't have enough time. I, I don't have enough money. Oh, I don't, I don't have enough energy. Can, can I tell you that, that there's all these things, uh, your children, your spouse, your, your employer, the, the culture itself, even a church can be drawing and trying to pull that out. It, but you, you begin to say, oh, I, I don't have enough contacts or opportunities or knowledge or educated or whatever. And that's just kind of why uh, I'm where I'm at. You begin in a little bit to feel a bit short each day. There's a good example of this in Second Kings chapter four, these two philosophies. Uh, I'll set the stage here. Israel's in a famine and Elijah and his servant Gehazi, they're having this discussion in second Kings chapter four, verse 42. It says, and a man came from Baal Shalashia. And if you can help me with that, that's great. Anyway, a man came and they were talking, all right, bringing the man of God bread of the first fruits, 20 loaves, Interesting, you hear about fishes and loaves uh, in the New Testament, but 20 loaves of barley and fresh ears of grain in his stock. And Elisha said, what? Give these men that they may eat. Give it to them. Now it's a famine and there's a lot of people here. And here's what, here's the response in verse 43. The servant said, how is it that I set before a hundred men? How can I set all this? So he repeated again uh, and he said, look, I give them to the men. Give this stuff to the men. Give what we have to the men, for thus saith the Lord, and they shall eat, and there will have some left over. Remember that in some other stories? And so he said it before them, and they ate, and they had some left over. This is a mind, there were two mindsets going on there. One was with God, not only anything, but everything's possible. That's a tenant, one of the tenets of our church. With God, everything's possible. Anything's possible. And then the, the servant was thinking about, well, I can only see and do with what I'm touching and what I've earned and what I put in the bank. And I, I, every, everything's limited by what I've been able to do. But when God's involved, it goes way beyond that. So the focus of a shortage mindset is you start to focus on your your own resources, the limited resources that are yours, that you made possible, that you put into place. 
It kind of gets you to start thinking kind of like a pie mentality. <laughs> you say, so, Pastor, what are you talking about a pie mentality? It, it's, it's, the, it's a thinking that, well, there's only so much pie, and if you get a piece bigger than mine, then there's less for me. It's real easy to get that way. You know, when we had kids at home, we'd always, they'd say, we'll half that. I'd say, okay, one of you cut it, and one of you gets to choose the, the half. Because everybody's wanting to make sure they get their share, right? How many has ever done that before? Okay. Helps stop a lot of it. But here's what happens when you have the pie mentality. You, you begin to, you, you, can, you can start looking at other people and you begin to get a little resentful or worried or, or anxious because that, you know, there's only so much pie to go around. And that can lead us to envy. It can lead us to jealousy, resentment, even insecurity. So the result of a shortage mindset is really that overwhelming or overwhelmed life. But let's look at the other side. Let, let's look at the, 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 st- the lifestyle that I believe the Lord wants us to hear today and us choose, and that's called the surplus mindset. It's, it's a focus on God's unlimited resources. And, and I hope you're catching the, the underlines. Those are the fill in the blanks. See, when we have the surplus mindset, we realize that I'll never run out of pie. Hear me. Why? Because God is the, the pie manufacturer. God uh, will just make more pies. He'll make more opportunities for you. He'll, he'll change a situation for you. You say, I have a job here and, and I got to fight and thrash. To, you know what? If, if God moves you to another, that's okay. He's got all, the, all that figured out. He's the author of all things. Amen. The Bible has got words throughout it that talks about things, words like abundance, uh, plentiful, abounding, bountiful. Uh, it's saying that I've got enough to meet your needs and everybody else's all at the same time. It's not a pie thing. I have an overabundant that I want to bless you with. Instead of focusing on limited resource, what? I focus on God's unlimited or limitless resources. The result of that though, okay, the result of that is an overflowing life. And I, I know all of us will say this, uh, this thinking, we, you know, we're reminded of it, and it's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But living it out is tough. How many would say amen to that? See, see I want to live in, a, in an overflowing lifestyle. I want to live in the abundance or the thinking of, of limitless. But so many times I'm over on the other side. Let's see what this looks like. I want to turn to another passage that, um, of Scripture that you hear many times only at funerals. The 23rd Psalm. And you think about David as he writes this, he wasn't lamenting. He was being reminded of how good his shepherd was. The shepherd that loves you, the shepherd that loves me. And the very first verse says, the Lord is our shepherd? No, he says, my shepherd. So the key to this and realizing this and receiving this is he's got to be your shepherd. It starts with that. But follow along with me. Let's read it out loud together. I'm going to, the, the, the right side is the ESV, English Standard Version, but the left side, the reason I like it, it's called the International Children's Bible. Just sometimes has better words. I like how it says a few things when we get into verse five. But it says, the Lord, read it out loud with me. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul and he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you art with me. 
Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, and you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is such a familiar verse, but if we would just focus our hearts and our minds to believing it. You shall dwell. He will. He shall fall. I mean, there's so many promises in there. And when he's your shepherd, you can bank on it. You can count on it. But I want to go back to verse 5 real quick. Because in your notes it says, what's my cup? My cup overfloweth. He's talking about your life. My life is the cup. And he says, he says about a banquet table, can I tell you, it's not a Big Mac at an order of fries. It's not even, somebody said, was it a happy meal? Can I tell you, it's bigger than that. It's a banquet. It's a banquet with every kind of need and provision that you might want. Every, it's going to be beautiful and it's endless. It's like being on a cruise ship. That did not get a response I thought it would. Some of you have been in, we're here at the first service. You know I'm trying some new stuff today. So anyway, or in the second service. But think about it. He, he, and then he anoints your head with oil. He pours out things from heaven, the heavenly places, those that are, he's your shepherd. And he says, I anoint your head with oil and you will begin to have a life that overflows. I love what it says in the International Children's Bible. You'll give me more than I can hold. Now, I don't know if you want to tell your neighbor that, but God's going to give you more than you can hold. Just say that. If you want to tell your neighbor that real quick. God's going to give you more than you can hold. God's going to... Come on now, let's play that out, all right? We go over to John chapter 7. It's another place that talks about overflow. And here we are at the festival, and Jesus is there, and they say there might have been over um, 50,000 people at this particular festival. I did this last time, there we go. And Jesus stands up in the middle of that crowd, and he shouts out, Hey! anybody's thirsty now can you imagine being at the fairgrounds there's not a lot of water or whatever there's 50,000 people around you and somebody says water over here hey if anybody's thirsty let him come and drink let him come to me and drink and whoever whoever believes in me as it has said out of the heart will flow rivers of living water as you believe in christ what will happen is there will be a flow an overflow and what we want to do is not just get filled up for the for the day you know i've heard the story where some people will say well i've got to go to church and get filled up so i can make it through the week in fact i might have to stop by on wednesday and get a little top off my tank because you know how you just just run out by the time you get to saturday night and then just praying that i can hang on to sunday can I tell you there's a theological word for that? That's hogwash. We shouldn't think that way. See, we're supposed to be filling up every day. And then when we get together on Sunday, it's a celebration of what we've already been doing every day. Being with the Lord, acknowledging him, worshiping him. What is an overflowing life? An overflowing life means to be filled beyond capacity. Filled beyond in 1 John 10, 10, it says this. This is Jesus. I've come that you may have an ordinary life and that you'll struggle and try to pay bills until you die and then it's over. <laughs> well, and then you work overtime for the iPhone that you wanted to upgrade to. 
No, it says, I've come that you may have real life. Now, I know some of you have real life, but there are some of you who are trying to do life without the real, which is Jesus. And let me tell you what, you don't know what real is. In a real life, and I'm going to enjoy what it in abundance, in the fullness that what? You get to keep to yourself. No, he wants us to be, the believers to, to not only be blessed and not only receive, but he wants himself to go forth and flow out of you. Why? For all men would be drawn unto him through the Christ in you. Amen? So how can I experience this overflowing life? How, how can I be able to achieve that in my life? And I'm going to give you some four basic things. They're daily things that I would have you do. And you've heard some of these before, but I'm, I believe the Lord wants us to be reminded of this. And so the very first thing to have an overflowing life is you got to stay connected to Jesus every day. You got to stay connected. There's so many ways for us to be connected to everybody else in the world. Can I tell you, I guess he needs an app or he needs to have a, a, a particular uh, program that we'll Snapchat with him on or something. But we need to be more connected to Jesus more than we are with all of our friends on Facebook or Instagram or wherever. And, and so look at John chapter 15, verse five, it says this Jesus, and this is Jesus. It says, I am the vine and you're the branches. And it's talking about, I need you to be a branch. I need you to take yourself and make sure you're plugged into me, be connected to me. And it says, if you're connected to me, you're going to grow and you're going to produce fruits. You're actually going to produce a lot of fruit. And a lot of fruit doesn't mean a lot in your bank account, but it might. And it says, you can't really do anything. And I'm going to add this word of value without me. Well, Pastor, you don't know what my portfolio looks like. I've got double retirement. I was this and I was that and I got all this money and I'm, I'm taken care of. If you're not without Jesus in your portfolio, you don't have anything. I brought a toaster. Some of you are like, why has he got a toaster? Because the vacuum cleaner was too big. Uh, see, our life, God gave you design and purpose and abilities just like this toaster. This toaster would make great bagels and toast things. But can I tell you, if it just sits on your counter and it's not plugged into any kind of power source, it's decoration. And none of you look good enough to be decoration, okay? I'm just, well, over, over here you might. I... But God is saying every day, we've got to make sure we're plugged in. Every day, we need to be connected to Christ. Every day, because we don't want our design and our shape and our purpose to just go with human effort. We want supernatural effort. We want the power of heaven that's plugged through us. Why? Because we don't want to just toast bread. We want it to overflow to things we can't even imagine. That's your life if you let God have it. So how do you do that? Real simple. Every day. Say every day with me. How many days? Every day. Every day. Well, pastor, you just don't know. i got so much to do in the people. You know, when I try to sleep in, the kids wake up. So then I get rise me in my quiet time. And I really like to have a quiet time. And everything's going on. I've got 42 things to drop off and pick up. I think you're overwhelmed. And what I'm giving you is an antidote for overwhelmed and coming into overflow. So make the time. First thing you do is sit down. Most of you drive seated. I haven't ever seen standing drivers. So, I mean, you can even use your car if that's the only place you can get away. How many go to the bathroom? Well, three of you. Well, man, I need to know what you take. I mean, the rest of you. I go a little more. Yeah. But, you, you know, sometimes you, moms, you know, you can shut the door. Those little fingers will stay there. You know, 
So as you sit down, you read the Bible, there's all kinds of ways to do that. Reading the Bible is God talking to you. It's his word, and as you read it, the Holy Spirit can reveal in you things he wants you to know about him. And then you talk to God. That's also known as prayer, by the way. It's when you just talk and you say, well, I, I'm, not, I'm not a good prayer. Prayer, or however you say that. You just talk to him, say, and if, you're, if you come from this, say, hey, dude, man, you're awesome. I don't know what I need, but you do. Or, uh, help. I mean, it can be anything. You do not have, you start with something. You start little by little. You begin to work up a dialogue over time. You get more comfortable with each other. That's called a relationship. And you're talking to God. But here's what I think is where I sometimes feel. Then you're supposed to listen. So you're supposed to not only just ask for stuff, you're also so wait for a reply. And sometimes he wants to tell you a little extra and that comes. So you got to be listen. You have to listen. You have to be quiet. And that's something that allows us to spend more time. You have to have proximity and frequency develops that. The second thing, and by the way, is that these start getting harder. Okay. I'm just warning you. The second one is a little harder than the first one. What does it say? Stop complaining. And start being grateful. Well, I'm grateful. What are you, why are you getting on my case? I love my wife, but you know, wish you did listen. My husband, you know, well, you know, you know. Can I tell you, we are a culture, not in this church, but down the road, where people like to gnaw on things. They, they don't, we gnaw on anything. Well, it, it could have had a little more salt. I mean, name, do not do that today, men. If they, whatever is being fixed, just say, honey, I, you know. I won't repeat that on, yeah, but you're right. So being grateful, stop complaining. And it, and it goes into like in Colossians, it says, let your lives overflow with what? Thanksgiving for all God has done for you. You go on to first Thessalonians. There's many scriptures that de- depict this in 518. No matter what happens, say that with me again. No matter what happens, always be thankful for this is God's will. I, I love it when people say, man, pastor, I'm just trying to find God's will in my life. I just have been searching and for years I can't can I start here? Be thankful. Start being thankful. How many of you all woke up this morning with uh, air in your lungs? You're the people that don't have to go to the bathroom over here. (laughs) No air and no bathroom. That's weird. Pray for them. All right. No, we can start off by saying, thank you, God, for putting breath in me. Father, thank you that you allowed me that I can walk on two legs. God, thank you that you gave me this house. And and, and you begin to just be thankful in all things because that's the will God has for you if you belong to Jesus Christ. The fourth thing, or third thing, stop comparing. Starts getting a little harder the farther we go. When we start to compare, sometimes we begin to uh, look at others and think, well, they got more than I got. Or you get back to the pie thing, you know, well, their piece of pie is bigger than my piece of pie. Don't compare. It talks about being content. That's the hard part, being content. And contentment is not saying that I, I don't need anything, but contentment is saying today what God is providing me, I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Today I'm going to say, you know, and you can still pray the prayer of Jabez, expand my territory and expand my business, whatever. But you need to say, thank you, thank you, thank you for what is versus I never have enough. It's never good enough. It's never big enough. It's never full enough. It's not, I need more square footage to be happy. Be thankful, be content. 
See, there was a ch- the children of Israel when they're out in the desert, you know, in that 40 year lap, they were, they were, they, they, God provided manna. And some of them tried to get a little extra. God said, that doesn't work. I want you to every day come to me. I want you to be content with my pr- supply. And I'm going to teach you something along the way. The fourth thing, uh, let, well, let me just say, it's better to be content. This is Ecclesiastes 4, 6, with what you have than always struggling for more because that's like chasing the wind. The fourth thing is stop being stingy. Now, I know moms are not stingy by nature. Look at how they love and look how they take care of so much. But here's what can happen. I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about energy. I'm talking about time. I'm, t- I'm talking about uh, dreams. I'm, I, you got to be careful because you can, you can dial in and say, my entire life is about the children. And, and can I tell you, that's, that's a good thing if it's in balance. Because if they are more important than God, if they're the time to getting them to soccer and baseball and all their, and you're, no, you're not letting God have any time, that's out of balance. And so you've got to be careful and not be stingy and turn it around. Always make provision. I tell men this, look, just because your work day ends at six, seven or eight, it still is not, you don't power down there. You know, honey, bring me my slippers. Has any, does that work with it? I better go over to people that don't have to go to the bathroom. Does your wife bring you your pipe and slippers when you walk in? No. We, we all need to keep the switches on. And men, you should be the last one for your eyes to close. And you've taken care of everybody. Save energy. Don't be stingy. Regulate. Pace yourself. It's a marathon. God will bring you what you need. And then, then leave a little extra for that overflow to touch others. You may be whatever at a workplace, but God wants to overflow so that they'll come to know him through your life. 2 Corinthians 9 says this, remember this, a stingy planter will only reap a small crop, but anyone who sows generously will also reap generously. And again, that's beyond money. It can include that. But we're to give as God lays on our heart to give. Whether it's time, whether it's energy, just make it in balance where it honors God. And it says they were to give in consideration. Give God, you know, not reluctantly and not under pressure, but, but to give, and that'll be just great. I'd like us to close here in just a minute. I'm going to close this first with a prayer, but I want, us to, I want us to have a time where we honor moms. We're going to have you come up here and line up. First service, we filled this whole front. In fact, the first service was at least this full. And it's beautiful to see so many ladies come up. We take a photo. At the end of that, I want to pray over you, speak a few things, uh, encouragement to your hearts. And then as you leave, we want to hand you a rose. And uh, I'll explain more about that later. But if if you all will um, do this with me, and that is, I want you to be thinking as I pray about connecting with Jesus on a daily basis. I want you to be thinking about, is he your shepherd? If he's not your shepherd, then he's not real important to connect with. But if you have said yes to him, then you need to connect with him daily. I'd like you to think about uh, the things that, that uh, uh, about complaining and asking the Lord to help you be more grateful. How about comparing and being content? How about being more generous? Because I believe God wants to take you, man and woman, men and women here, us as a body, and teach us this today, remind us the things that we know, the basics, but to move us from being overwhelmed to overflowing. Many of you raise your hand when you say, I want to have more of an overflowing life. And we've just heard the basics. So if you'll bow your head, 
I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll celebrate the moms. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come to you, and we say thank you for loving us before we ever knew you. We thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son Jesus to die for us, to pay the penalty that of sin that that separated us from you, Lord. So you made a a way for us to be restored. Thank you that you love us that much. And that, Father, we as men and women are going to go from here, and thank you for the reminder that you're our shepherd. You provide so much. You tell us the promises, and you desire us to have a life that overflows with you more than self. Help us to do that better, Lord. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, ladies, come on up. Moms, grandmoms, biological, non-biological, whatever, you come on up. We're going to celebrate you. All right. We'll have about uh, 10 chairs up front for those that need to be seated. So come on down. So if you can, go ahead and fill up on the top row. Everybody kind of scrunch together. There are four steps. If you all can use all four steps, there's a little group in the middle. We need to, we need to bring the rows in the middle here close. All right, fill up these spots. We got about three more in the middle. Three more ladies for the middle, please. Up here, uh, row three, row two. Here they come. Now here in a minute, we're going to make sure these chairs are filled too. It makes the photo look better. All right. And we're going to post this online so that you all can uh, have that as a memory. All right. Have you noticed how they struggle with visiting with one another? I mean, there's just, it's hard for them to relate and fellowship. All right. So we need four people for the front row over here. We need four, uh, even if you're young and can stand, we just need to fill up these four chairs. Okay. Now we need two more. There we go. Now we need one more. You can, you can be the one. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. There you go. So here in a minute, when we're done, these buckets of roses are for you. Everybody take one. If you're a mom, take one. But here's, I want to give you an extra. If you have a mom in the nursing home or someone at home that couldn't come, take an extra for them. If you know a neighbor and you've just been dying to go meet them, maybe they don't, you don't know their name, but you know they're a mom or a grandma, take one for them. If you're going to go out to eat, then ta- and you're, you're bold enough to say, are you a mom to the waitress? Hopefully it's not a man. Don't ask him. But anyway, <laughs> then take one and say, be blessed. Our churches are honoring moms today. So you, w- these have to all be gone. So as you leave, you just grab one and grab two or whatever you need to do. Now, don't go and grab a bouquet just for your tabletop, okay? <laughs> Until at the end, if we, if we have leftovers, you can So ladies, I need to tell you something, and you may already know this, but I want you to know this in your heart. First of all, that you're beautiful. Every one of you. See, what makes you beautiful, you're very diverse, but you're all beautiful. What makes you beautiful is Jesus Christ. And when you said yes to him, you not only were the apple of his eye, but you became a daughter. See, if he's the king, and now you're a part of the family, that makes you 
that makes you princesses. I know it's been a while since you've worn a tiara, or is it tiara? I can't remember. But, but can I tell you today, today you're wearing a royal robe that was paid by the price at Calvary, crimson. You're beautiful, you're amazing, but I know like me, we're all on a journey and we're not fully in bloom. Oh, many of you are, you know, oh, that's personality. But let me tell you, God is working in all of us. And what, it, like a rose that is just a bulb, there's such potential and God sees the ultimate beauty and what it, what it requires to not, to finish its coming into its fullness is to stay in the word, stay in him, let him keep nourishing you, trusting him. And he will slowly open up this beauty that's beyond even today. So keep that in mind when you see a rose. Keep that in mind when you, when you look in the mirror and somebody's whispering at you, say, no, I am a princess of the king. <laughs> Just claim it, state it, claim it, and uh, override that whisper, okay? Because you are in every single way. So I'd like to pray for you, and then we'll be dismissed. Let's pray. Father God, you're an amazing God that created amazing women, these that stand before us and so many more. Father, thank you for those that have said yes to you and that there's this life in them beyond themselves. Father, I pray the overcoming power of you and presence of you in their lives, that whether it's a mirror or someone on social media or at work or whatever they might say, when it's not the truth, Father, I pray that they do not receive it and it doesn't stick. Father, that you make them Teflon-coated in the name of Jesus. And that, Lord, that they would grow and become and allow themselves to blossom into the fullness of the design and purpose you have for each of their lives. May you bless them with all they need. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Let's give a round of applause for these ladies. All right, as you come down, grab, there's six, six buckets, I think, or multiple buckets. Grab your rows. You all are, we all are dismissed. That was awesome. Thank you all for your support.